0: Just know you're not alone, because I'm going to make
1: this place your home. News Radio 840 WHAS. Good Sunday morning. Bob Seculder, the Louisville Real Estate Show here with you for the next 30 minutes. One of our COVID-19 shows where each of our folks uh, are coming from their perspective, either offices or, in one case, his car. That person happens to be Randy Rocky, Swan Financial. You can reach him at six four five zero seven three six. Are we en route to uh, a lake house by chance, or just you're out driving? Oh, no. On a route to home. Hey, oh. Good morning, Bob. Good, good morning. Also here, Kevin Disler, Pitt & Frank Attorneys. You're going to reach them. and do a great job, great team of people there at eight nine five nine nine zero 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 zero. So good to have you here, Kevin. Hey, good morning, Bob and Randy. Um, and we, poped, uh, we mentioned the COVID-19 show. Do you want to explain to everybody what uh, you've gone through the past couple of weeks?
2: Oh, I've had, uh, you know, my my wife and I both were uh, fortunate enough or unfortunate enough to actually uh, have uh, COVID, and we're uh, proceeding and getting through. It was uh, a few days that were, uh, I would say, more than unpleasant, but we managed to work our way through. Did you have to go to the hospital, or you were able to handle it from home? From home, from home. It was kind of more of an upper respiratory tract, which I think is kind of the newer thing, but it, like I said, was it was unpleasant, but we were fortunate enough, and Uh, uh, Thank the Lord we made it through. Yep, I am
1: as well thankful for that, and uh, glad you're with us. So we move forward, and the first thing uh, up, uh, and it's a little later on, um, we'll be talking about a couple of things, how to get a better, stronger offer in to um, a bid or a bidding war if you're up against other agents and their buyers. And then, just so you know, put on your calendar for next week, how will the presidential election impact real estate? We're going to explore that. First up uh, this morning, seller stresses. I came upon this uh, through some folks, and I thought it was interesting. And I'm going to ask both Randy and Kevin to participate in this. In uh, selling a home, what do you think the top items that are stressful for both the seller, and, really it's a seller, um, review. So would either of you in your mind know number one, two? There's about uh, ten of them, but do you know any of them? Would pick one as far think? as the overall stress of the process? The process itself, right. What would
2: the most stress what are the stress points? I think just opening up your home, especially with the, the stress yes. we're all going through and being concerned about who's coming through and, and how to keep you and your family safe. Interesting.
1: And Brandon you agree with that? Yes. Number one. So selling a home is uh, stressful. Virtually no one is immune. Ninety-five percent of home sellers are stressed by some aspect of the process. That's according to a Zillow survey. The greatest sources of stress involve uncertainty surrounding the timing and financial aspects of the sale. So some of the things of the people polled, and there were a lot of them polled, 56 percent said not knowing if a home would sell within a desired time frame. Uh, was among the top stress and again this was poll was started before covid so that wasn't included 53 percent of the people polled said uncertainty about being able to sell for a desired price so we have time frame price and then the uh, third of the top three 52 percent that making improvements or preparing the home for sale were also very stressful so those are some key points, but there's some other things, folks, that uh, went on, and you may identify this if you've sold recently or if you're thinking of selling. Uncertainty or concern of, that an offer would fall through, timing the sale with the purchase of a new home, lack of control with overall selling process, not knowing if buyers were seriously interested, and that list goes on and on. And I think we can all identify, uh, especially these folks on the call, both Kevin over at Pitt and Frank and then Randy with Swan, but uh, the stress is there. The, the, I think the good news is that our goal as uh, agents, loan officers, and attorneys is to try to remove or reduce the stress as much as possible. you all agree with that? I'm
2: sure. Yeah. Well, I yes. think the, the inventory is so tight now. If you're a seller, the stress seems to be more on the seller side. Mm-hmm. Are you going to have a home to move into? And uh, with the inventory being fairly limited right now, that's a, that's a big concern. Yeah, we've
1: been talking the past number of weeks, Kevin. I don't know if you've heard about this a reverse contingency. Where let's say Randy is selling his home. It's let's say we put it on the on the market for 200, he gets 200,000 and we counter with that contract. We say we accept the price, but Randy wants our seller wants 15 days to be able to find another house before this contract it becomes enforceable. So before the clock starts. Now, granted, some buyers may say, eh, "I'm not going to deal with that," and they could either walk or or counter back on it. But we were involved with a, a sale just recently. By the way, that background noise is Randy. I'm going to mute you for a second because I know you're driving, so be a little quieter. There, there may be some buyers who say, "You know, I, I, I just don't want to get in the middle of that." Um, but overall, I think um, there are some who would say, "Okay, I'll take that risk to be able to have the house." that I really want. So that's, uh, that's something I think is, uh, is a big plus.
2: Well, I just think the main thing that most people are dealing with now is you've got quite a, a number of buyers out there, but as they've gone through the inventory, it is just got to the point where it is really difficult to find a home. And you're having, like you, you deal with this every day. You're trying to beat out other people, trying to go after the same property. And in, in that situation, it's, it's very difficult from a seller to have, it's always musical chairs. You don't want to be homeless for a few days. You right. And so that's, that's a lot of the stress that you were talking about. Yeah. That's where that reverse. I love, I love the reverse contingency. I
0: yeah. think it's uh, what a wonderful idea. And uh, one, I think that, well, if this continues to be a low inventory area, that uh, you'll see a lot
1: more of that. As long as buyers are willing to accept that particular caveat in purchasing a home. But I think if it's a really good home, because that's what happened with us. Um, our seller had a really good home. The buyer was um, willing to put in that contingency and, and take it. So,
2: Just curious, Bob, would yeah. you go through the inspections, or would you wait until that 15-day period is up before you start spending the money and the due diligence? I think you could go either way with that, Kev. It's a good question. I think you could either do the inspections. I think
1: the preferred way would be to hold off on inspections and everything until the seller found his new home. Okay. Otherwise, you're, if he doesn't find the home, you're wasting money on
2: inspections. Okay.
1: Right? So, All right. Some other things that we want to talk about is why is it so important to be pre-approved in this home buying process? That's why you turn that over to Randy Rocky, who's involved with a lot of pre-approvals on a regular basis. Why would you say that tough reasons? Well,
0: in this market, being pre-approved is uh, very important. Uh, if you're not pre-approved, I don't, I don't know how it's a desirable home right now, how you could even they can even have a, an opportunity to buy the home. You know, when the, when the real estate agent, the listing agent is looking at the offers and if you don't have a really strong pre-approval from a good company, then I think that puts you at a almost extinct, you're almost extinct on the, getting that property in my opinion. Uh, so I, I cannot emphasize enough to be pre-approved. And the other thing that's becoming very uh, prominent is even, you know, one way or another it's covered, but seller contributions are becoming uh, a little bit less um, um, on offers right now uh, because it just complicates the offer in a lot of real estate agents' minds. So a lot of times the the uh, borrower is going to have to bring uh, the down payment, let's say it's 3.5% plus mm-hmm. the closing cost and, and the escrows. Uh, we're used to the seller would help pay for that. And it's still happening. Uh, it is, but not as... Uh, much as it was because there, there are multiple offer situations and uh, for whatever reason, the realtor says, hey, we're just not going to go that route. Do they have the money for the closing costs prepaid and the 3.5% payment? So that puts them in a, you know like a 5.5% range for a down payment. So on a $200,000 home rather than $7,000, now they're bringing $11,000 to the closing table right in that area. So that's, uh, that's something that I don't know if you're seeing that a lot too, Bob.
1: No, I think you're absolutely many, right. It's a great observation yeah, yeah. that that uh, buyers are being counseled by agents. Don't ask for closing costs because you're watering down your offer and you're up against other people who might not need those closing costs and you'll lose. Good point. Incidentally, according to a recent survey from Realtor.com, many buyers are making the mistake of skipping the pre-approval step In the home buying process. Over 2,000 active home shoppers who plan to purchase a home in the next 12 months were polled and only 52% obtained a pre-approval letter before beginning their home search, which means nearly half of the buyers are missing this crucial piece of paperwork. It's so important because if I'm listing your home as a seller agent and an offer comes in, if we don't have a firm pre-approval letter that we think is valid, and by that I mean where the due diligence has been done, for example, Swan will do the d- due diligence. They'll check um, credit. What else will you do with your uh, pre-approval letters? What will you do in advance, Randy? Assets. You, assets. Uh, uh-huh.
0: We we check assets and and uh, their actual income. You know, we check the W twos, make sure they're uh, they are uh, their most recent pay stubs, make sure they're still working full time. You know, COVID. They might say, "Hey, I make uh, twenty-five dollars an hour or forty-five dollars an hour," and and uh, but now they're working less hours because of COVID. So we we really you really have to go through your due diligence. I am absolutely shocked. Yeah. That fifty-two percent, <laughs> that fifty-two yeah. percent number, that's yeah. that amazes me. That's a Realtor.com really survey.
1: I know. Just uh, wow. to put a period at the end of all this pre-approvals show homeowners that you're a serious buyer. If you uh, it helps you stand out when you're. In a crowd, if you get into a multiple offer scenario, and I will tell you that if for some reason we get two offers on the same house, and this has happened, one has a pre-approval, the other doesn't, and they're both pretty close in terms of price and terms, we're going with the the offer that has a pre-approval letter. So uh, buyers and friends of buyers or people, if you know people who are looking to buy a home, suggest a pre-approval letter, which will definitely help. Let's move on. We've been monitoring a variety of things over the past couple of months, and I'm not sure, Kevin, if you're up to date on evictions and where no. we stand. Uh, there've been some, there's been movement to, um, to table evictions. Have you been up on any of the newest stuff?
2: Well, but actually this week, um, yeah. the CDC of all places, the Disease yep. control has basically established a nationwide moratorium on evictions uh i'm not sure how the courts here locally are going to deal with that i know that there are some in place i know a gentleman who just this week managed to finish up an eviction before you know i I think the way the ruling works is it's nationwide you can always question whether they have the authorization to do it but it is in place and i'm sure the local courts are probably going to abide by that unless they're instructed otherwise do
1: who ends up really carrying the load at this point are these banks oh by the way here's greg coming in a little late because he was getting his hair cut so uh for those let's see how he looks you know, we will see how he looks if you're watching incidentally if you want to see a recap of uh, this show on video oh his hair looks great you can go to louisvilleanswers.com that's louisvilleanswers.com he's connecting to audio we were just saying your hair looks great from your haircut very good Ooh, i mean it was it was a must
3: <laughs> A must. All right.
1: All right, so hold on because we've got to keep moving here because we've got a lot of stuff to go over. So, uh, Kev, the, the, this, this will help a lot of people, but who ends up uh, bearing the the brunt of keeping tenants in a home? And not that that's a bad thing to keep them in there because that's, that's great. I mean, it's, it's an important step. But do the banks hold the um, the mortgages not getting paid or the, the, the people who own the homes who aren't getting money? Does that then filter down to the cool. banks?
2: that are kind of stuck are the mom and pops, the bigger companies with the large apartment complexes can kind of take care of themselves. But we all know a lot of investors that own one or two single family or they own a fourplex.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, they still have to pay the monthly payments, even though rent is not coming in. And I think the rule that was established was if your income is 98,000 or less or jointly 198,000 or less, and as long as you can claim that if you're evicted you, you you would have a fear of being homeless, that's sufficient. Yeah. And especially in this area, ninety eight thousand one hundred ninety eight for a couple, that puts you in the higher end. So mm-hmm. the, the little mom and pops that own one or two and they rely on for their income. And if they got a loan against it, those are the people that are gonna be hurting and the local community banks that hold those, that paper uh, may be hurting. So, Interesting,
1: we'll see how this washes out. Yeah. This is just basically coming down. Well, so there's been talk, so let's let's hold on and see what happens in the next couple of weeks on that. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about ways of winning a bidding war when it comes to getting your great favorite dream home. Even if you're not looking for a dream home, you may have friends, family, uh, business associates who are looking for their dream home, and as a result, this may be helpful for you to pass on to them if they're not listening. Here with us, just joining us, my son Greg, who does our marketing our photography and so much more with a great look and do also Randy Rocky Swan financial at six, four, five, zero, seven, three, six, Kevin Disler, Pitt and Frank attorneys. They do a great job. Eight, nine, five, nine, nine, zero, zero. If you missed the beginning of the show, We're here. Kevin, yeah, his hair looks okay. Based on the yeah, fact not that a, not, <laughs> not like Greg, we, neither of us have as much as Greg, but Kevin also just recuperating from about with COVID-19. So he's been in the trenches and is back out and, and here to say I, can, yeah. I survived it. Yeah. And of course you can reach me, Bob Sokola. If you want to see what people are saying about us, head to Louisville SellersTalk.com or louisvillezillow.com. Uh and you can reach me by cell phone, obviously 376-5483. We're back in a moment on News Radio 840 WHAS. Need a home loan or refinancing? for additional cost information other restrictions may apply
2: pitt and frank has long served your real estate closing needs throughout the louisville and southern indiana area including our newest location in oldham county across from the southeast christian church in crestwood but did you know that pitt and frank can assist you with your estate planning and long-term care needs don't leave your loved ones the burden of being unprepared There are solutions available to protect assets and income, as well as plan for your long-term care. Call us today at Pitt & Frank, 502-895-9900. That's 502-895-9900.
1: Shopping for a home? The place to start is REMAX Properties East. Experienced, caring, top-producing agents who service all of Louisville and surrounding areas. On your computer or on your smartphone, head to homesinlouisville.com and sign into one of the most advanced home search sites in the country. That's homesinlouisville.com residential, or commercial real estate, let the award-winning agents at REMAX Properties East help. Take the first step in your house hunting journey. Visit homesinlouisville.com or call 425-6000 today. Hi, I'm Barbara Corcoran. I'm constantly asked by news sources how to best navigate today's real estate market. I call the brightest agents in the business to get their input. Hi, Bob. What's going on in Louisville? Hi, Barbara. The Louisville real estate market is hotter than we've ever seen it. I'm so happy Hear that with our exclusive marketing plan, we can get sellers top dollar right now. Get the best advice from my friend Bob Sokoler. Go to we sell Louisville.com. Be safe and smart. News Radio 840 WHAS, the Louisville Real Estate Show. Bob Sokoler here with you. Thank you, Barbara Corcoran. And we are desperately, as I mentioned when I was talking to Barbara, we did that via uh, webcam basically, interview uh, Barbara and myself. Uh, and we're still desperately looking for homes to list and sell because we really do need uh, homes to list and sell. We sell them that quickly. So if you know if you know of one or you think somebody's going to be selling their home or you want to sell, call me three seven six five four eight three. Also here with us, Kevin Dissler, Pitt and Frank Attorneys, 895-9900. Randy Rocky, Swan Financial, six four five zero seven three six. Also, Son Greg, who does our marketing and photography and so much more, who uh, is joining us as well. And guys, ladies, well, gentlemen, we should uh, point out that there are still a lot of offers. How's business? I should point out, ask both you and Randy. Let's start with Kevin. You're still doing a lot of closings. No slowdown at this point, Greg.
2: It's it's getting a little slower. I know we're doing a lot of refis, and I think that system has slowed down a little bit, maybe intentionally. But uh, it's still really good, but uh, but, know, it's a little bit of slowdown. down.
1: Randy, how about you on loan apps for both refis and mortgages? Uh things are really really strong.
0: It's the best it's, it's ever been for us and still Venues. strong.
1: Interest rates still hovering three above
0: below. Where are we as we speak? Yes, you know, in the 3s and 2s depending on the product, uh and, and APR rate in NMLS number 2673. Uh okay. just <laughs> want to throw that out there. But yeah, but uh yes, they're they're uh they're hovering around there. So uh, a very, um, uh, it, it's a wonderful time uh, for people to refinance or purchase a home. Yeah. Um they can
3: get a lot of bang for the buck right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Three, speaking three six of six speaking of bang point. for the buck, I yeah. oh yeah, I was saying, I, I Randy, we had just closed on on my personal home, and you know I we had estimates, and you know they one thing I love about Swan is they don't ever really overpromise; they always kind of underpromise and then overdeliver. Um, and so I was looking at my mortgage payment, and it's literally for uh you know maybe a thousand square feet more just saying i'm paying forty dollars more a month because of where my rate was and obviously the money that we had made but we really didn't overextend ourselves so there's a lot of uh, millennials uh like myself and people that are able to really get up in the market uh on a higher price point home and really have a bit, i mean my my forty dollars more a month uh it I couldn't beat it so you know i was i'm always very thankful to randy when when we we're talking to him
0: Oh, uh, yeah. thank you, Greg, and 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 it is. It's happening a lot. And people can upgrade a you know $100, 200000 dollars on their home right now, and have the same mortgage payment or very similar. And it's 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 really created a a, it's an, it's, it's a lot crazy. of loans for us.
3: Yes, but the problem is we don't have. You got to if you're not building, uh, there's no homes out there to buy, as Bob was saying, and, well, and building costs about. are going up.
1: Yeah. Oh, by the way, three seven six five four eight three is my number. I just thought I'd throw it in, like. Randy was throwing in his MLS ML, number just as a little joke there. <laughs> All right, moving forward, folks, because we got a lot to talk about. Buyers are losing bidding wars. How can you win? Or if you know somebody. So one thing you need to know, make sure your agent knows about an escalation clause with a cap. Um, ca- Greg, why don't you go into
3: that? You know that as we do. So, I mean, this is something we used to harp on a lot, um, knowing terminology, just knowing other ways to win deals. And And I'll say this is this is old news. Um, if your agents don't know about this, then you probably have a problem. Um, but escalation clause of the cap is essentially you're going in multiple bid situation. Uh, you're representing your buyer. You're going to say we're going to pay X amount of dollars over the best, uh, bid that comes out there up to a cap is what you want to put in there. Um, up to X amount of dollars. What we're seeing now is we just had an offer on one of our properties that Casey had listed. Uh, I think we had 10 offers. Five of them had escalation clauses with a cap. Um, so it took basically, uh, next level and, and you can give us a call give Bob a call, uh, three, seven, six, five, four, eight, three. You don't need to call me. Uh-huh. Um, and basically, and this is something our broker just worked on and they use newer language about, uh, when you have, and this gets into another level, escalation clause of the cap, you have an appraisal issue, right? So you the house now has to appraise for whatever bid you're putting in. Um, but well, we're going to and- get to that in a second.
1: So but the, okay, on. so this is, oh yeah,
3: this is all part of, sorry, this is all interconnected, but yes, but that, okay. that's escalation clause of the cabinet exactly. in that
1: show. So then the next thing you could do is make inspection easy, uh, easier, as in uh, as-is uh, condition uh, to buy the house. Kevin, explain what the problem is when you buy something in as-is condition.
2: Well, if you buy it as-is condition, the te- technically when you close on the property, the only thing you can go back against the seller is any type of fraud where they know or should have known about a latent defect that rule of caveat emptor applies so if i go and check out the house if you've hidden a defect from me so that i couldn't find that then 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 you the seller could be on the hook for it but in most cases as if if i buy it i have no right to come back against the seller i have no right to ask for any repairs although you do see as is and sure enough you get a repair request right after the inspection comes back in which case you all know how oh, to address yeah. that. Yeah, and interesting, we should
1: point out that you can write an offer that says we'll buy this and as is as long as we're able to conduct an inspection and withdraw our offer if we find a problem. That way at least you're lightening the amount of hoops that the seller is going to go through, unless there's a major fire at the end of the tunnel there in in the way of Uh, problems with the the house safety structural. Another thing you could do is offer to limit your inspection repair requests to simply health and safety related items uh, thereby eliminating things that might be um, not only cosmetic because right? perform- we, we had we, one, right?
3: Bob, we had one that was, uh, we did uh, X amount of dollars. Anything under a thousand dollars was fine. I ended up being a septic tank issue. That would be a safety uh, and health issue. Um, and so the sellers are doing, it's a lateral line thing. One of those, you know, fun yeah. Oldham County ones. You see it all the time. Um, but that was, that was it. And that was all they asked for. And the sellers prepared. They knew that and they were happy to oblige.
1: Randy, we're coming to you, so unmute yourself. At this point, we're talking about covering the appraisal gap, and Greg got into that uh, briefly. But basically, in the offer, what would be an example of covering the appraisal gap? You feel up to answering that?
0: Yes. Uh, so, uh, for example, let's say that the escalation clause they went up to two hundred ten thousand on a house, and uh, they accepted that it was two hundred ten, and the appraisal comes in for two hundred thousand. Well, then there's $10,000 to deal with. And depending on the language in the contract, uh, uh, how does that handle? Do they split it? Do they negotiate it? Or how do they do it? Does the client have the extra money? Because let's say they're putting a minimum down of 3%. Does the client have the extra money for the $10,000? If the seller says, no, I'm not going to help on uh, any with the appraisal coming in, 10000 short, you're going to have to come up with the extra money if you want the home. Because it's a very desirable home, right? So So if you you contract, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 a very uh, it's. I'm not saying it's tricky, but it is tricky. I mean, it gets into
3: uh, all kinds of of back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, that offer I was talking about with the 10 different offers and multiple had escalation clauses. Believe it or not, a standard offer with a conventional loan ended up beating out cash because the agent that was offering on cash did not know how to properly write this verbiage in that somebody from our brokerage who has gone through many trainings, who was on the other side, um, ended up having amazing verbiage that was done by our broker who... With a lot of stuff for our industry, yeah. and it was literally the verbiage that helped win out over cash yeah. um, because the sellers were gonna, the buyers rather were going to come up with a massive difference
1: so the, the oh, wow. appraisal gap is important, and if you offer as long as you 've got the money to cover the appraisal gap you 're ahead of the game in the way of putting an offer together that 's going to win. Also, offering a post-close occupancy agreement. Now, Kevin, this can get dicey, but in essence, looking at it from your perspective, you as an attorney can write up, um, and we have forms, but it's always good to have an attorney on your side writing this up, where it allows the sellers to stay in the house X amount of days at either no cost or a price per diem per day based on an agreement, but it extends the closing date, giving the sellers a little more time to move out, correct?
2: Correct. And then a couple of the issues involved there, insurance issues, usually there's a period of time under the homeowner's policy that the buyer has to move in and they have the insurable risk once the closing occurs. Then under certain mortgage products, you're you're signing off that is going to be an owner occupied. If you don't take possession and occupancy of the property, you could get into some trouble with the lender and Randy's shaking his head about that. And the other issue is, And we've had, I've done this long enough, all kinds of crazy things that can happen. The liability issue. What if the couple who just sold the house decides to file for divorce unexpectedly to one of the individuals afterwards? Someone doesn't want to leave. We go back to the eviction courts being closed down. Uh, Damage, liability, friends come over, fall down. I understand that it's an effort to try to make your offer more attractive, but anything beyond a fairly short period of time can lead to other issues. And so that we typically write those up or the post-closing occupancy period is rather short, just to avoid some of those issues.
1: We are actually out of time. So what we'll do, um, there are some other things. And as we go forward in the weeks to come, we'll try to bring these to attention. We've talked about buyer love letters. There, there is some potential for fair housing violations. We haven't seen that. Kevin, am I right? We haven't seen those problems locally here. No. Nationally, there have been some cities where there are problems, um, and we won't go into them because we don't have the time, but, but down the road we will because I think it's important to talk about that. All right. We are out of time. You can hear the little timer telling me it's time to go. Our thanks to Kevin Dissler, Pitt & Frank Attorneys, 895-9900. They do great jobs. Also, Randy Rocky, Swan Financial. He and his team do a great job. 6450736. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for being there. And Son Thank Greg, you for having me, Bob. You bet. And Son Greg does a great job and now sports uh, an interesting do where he's cropped the sides. And if you want to see that, if you'd like to see what Greg looks like now, go to LouisvilleAnswers.com. That's LouisvilleAnswers.com. That's a redirect to our video on YouTube. If you want to reach me anytime, 376-5483 at Bob Secolar. You can email me, Bob at at the LouisvilleZillow.com or LouisvilleSellersTalk.com to see and hear what people are saying about us. Folks, take care of yourselves. Stay safe. We'll see you next Sunday, right here on News Radio 840 WHAS.